Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily conference call, where we gather and we read from A Course in Miracles. Today we are starting the very last part of the book. We are going to start Manual for Teachers, and we're going to be reading the introduction. And you can access this by going to jcim.net, and you will see a link on the menu bar that says Original Online Edition. We gather Monday through Friday from uh, 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice. We also invite our daily lesson number 333, I Choose to See My Brother's Sinlessness, into today's um, study. So at this time, I'm going to turn the call over to Mary for morning prayer. Mary? Thank you. I was going to read a poem on forgiveness, but then Spirit led me to this, the last prayer, since we finished yesterday. It seemed right. So, hold out your hand, my Lord. I am not far from home, but still I do not see the way as yet. I hear your voice as little but a tiny whisper sometimes heard, but far more often silent. And the sight of you is but a spark that lights the darkness for an instant and goes out. Perhaps your voice is nothing but the rustle of the wind around dead leaves. Perhaps the sparks, I think, are the beginning of the sight of you, Our matches struck in darkness. It may be there is no home that I am coming to. There is no way that I can reach to you. O you who promise that you are the way, the truth, the life, and all things hoped for, come and steady me the little journey more that yet remains untraveled and unsure. Doubt drags my feet from hastening to you. My little faith is faltering and dim and flickers like a candle going out. Alone it will not last the little way I yet must go. Perhaps I merely dreamed you stood in glory waiting till I came and sank into the everlasting arms. Hold out your hand at last, my Lord, to me, and lift me to the final certainty. We know, Holy Spirit, that you are part of us. We are part of you. That your certainty is our certainty. And we thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mary. All right. So has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? All right. So, so far I have Lee, Carl, Fran, and Mary. And listening, we have Paula, Bryce, Sharon, and Rob. Introduction. The role of the teaching and learning Excuse me, let me start over. The role of teaching and learning is actually reversed in the thinking of the world. The reversal is characteristic. It seems as if the teacher and the learner are separated, 
the teacher giving something to the learner rather than him, to himself. Further, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. The course, on the other hand, emphasizes that to teach is to learn, and so that the teacher and the learner are the same. It also emphasizes that teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. Lee, one and two, please. Give me one second, sorry. The role of teaching and learning is actually reversed in the thinking of the world. The reversal is characteristic. It seems as if the teacher and the learner are separated. The teacher giving something to the learner, rather to himself, rather than to himself. Further, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. The Course, on the other hand, emphasizes that to teach is to learn, so that teacher and learner are the same. It also emphasizes that teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. Two, to teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems, and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. The purpose of the Course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. You cannot give to someone else, and this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witnesses to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. Thank you, Lee. Carl, two and three, please. To teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. You cannot give to someone else and this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witness, to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. 
no more than that, but also never less. 3. The curriculum that you set up is therefore determined exclusively by what you think you are and what you believe the relationships of others is to you. In the formal teaching situation, these questions may be totally unrelated to what you think you are teaching. Yet it is impossible not to use the content of any situation on behalf of what you really teach and therefore learn. To this, the verbal content of your teaching is quite irre irrelevant. It may coincide with it, or it may not. It is the teaching underlying what you say that teaches you. Teaching but reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its fundamental purpose is to diminish self-doubt. This does not mean that the self you are trying to protect is real. But it does mean that the self you think is real is what you teach. Thank you, Carl. Fran, three and four, please. Three. The curriculum that you set up is therefore determined exclusively by what you think you are and what you believe the relationship of others is to you. In the formal teaching situation, these questions may be totally unrelated to what you think you are teaching. Yet it is impossible not to use the content of any situation on behalf of what you really teach and therefore learn. To this, the verbal content of your teaching is quite irrelevant. It may coincide with it or it may not. It is the teaching underlying what you say that teaches you. Teaching but reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its fundamental purpose is to diminish self-doubt. This does not mean that the self you are trying to protect is real, but it does mean that the self you think is real is what you teach. Four, this is inevitable. There is no escape from it. How could it be otherwise? Everyone who follows the world's curriculum, and everyone here does follow it until he changes his mind, teaches solely to convince himself that he is what he is not. Herein is the purpose of the world. What else, then, would his curriculum be? Into this hopeless and closed learning situation, which teaches nothing but despair and death, God sends his teachers. And as they teach his lessons of joy and hope, their learning finally becomes complete. Thank you, Fran. Mary, four and five, please. This is inevitable. There is no escape from it. How could it be otherwise? Everyone who follows the world's curriculum, and everyone here does follow it until he changes his mind, teaches solely to convince himself that he is what he is not. Herein is the purpose of the world. What else, then, would its curriculum be? Into this hopeless and closed learning situation, which teaches nothing but despair and death, God sends his teachers. And as they teach his lessons of joy and hope, their learning finally becomes complete. 
5. Except for God's teachers, there would be no hope of salvation, for the world of sin would seem forever real. The self-deceiving must deceive, for they must teach deception. And what else is hell? This is a manual for the teachers of God. They are not perfect or they would not be here. Let me read that one again. They are not perfect or they would not be here. Yet it is their mission to become perfect here. And so they teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until they have learned it. And then they are seen no more, although their thoughts remain a source of strength and truth forever. Who are they? How are they chosen? What do they do? How can they work out their own salvation and the salvation of the world? This manual attempts to answer these questions. Thank you, Mary. Five. Except for God's teachers, there would be no hope for, of salvation, for the world of sin would seem forever real. The self-deceiving must deceive, for they must teach deception. And what else is hell? This is a manual for the teachers of God. They are not perfect, or they would not be here. Yet it is their mission to become perfect here, so they teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until they have learned it. And then they are seen no more. And although their thoughts remain a source of strength and truth forever, who are they? And how are they chosen? And what do they do? And how do they work out their old salvation and salvation of the world? This manual attempts to answer these questions. Amen. Floor is open. Wow, we have a whole hour today. Good morning. This is Ida. Hi. Uh, I'm glad to, to finally be on the call because uh, the regular number kept ringing and, and then I had to figure out how to do the backup number because I had to put in the regular number as well as the conference code. And it sounds really good, so I'm just still making coffee and stuff. But um, thank you, Lee, for your help, and, uh, and I'll be listening. Thanks. I'm complete. Glad you made it in, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Glad you're here. This is Reverend Harija Joy, and I'm here listening. Glad you're here. Yeah, glad you're here. Good morning. This is Mary. I'm kind of laughing to myself because, uh, you know, this is, uh, I don't know if you know or not, hockey. 
hockey time. <laughs> and many weekends I'm on tournaments. And the challenge is is to uh, to see both teams as one, all of us actually in the ring. But when there's competition going on, it's harder. It's hard for me, but I've noticed gradually a change. And this past weekend, I, I, in my mind, I was sending love to both teams and and kind of cheering them on. And uh, some beautiful things happened among all the boys. I don't, not saying it's a direct cause effect, but. It, a coach sent a letter from one of the teams to our coach, and he sent it to us. And um, it was USA versus Canada tournament. And uh, our boys had played a game and won, and then there was one more game to go. And they were cheering, and they made a tunnel for the last team coming out of the uh, locker room cheering the boys as they went on the rink. And the coach was so impressed by the sportsmanship. But I noticed among all the boys the uh, the happiness, the joy, the love they shared. Uh, we didn't finally win the, <laughs> the first place, but the joy and, and the the union of all the boys stayed with everyone. I guess what I'm saying is that, for me, that kind of expresses who we are. If we are loving and supportive as persons, it, it carries to all of us, and that's how we teach. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Go! You know, I I forgot about that part, the introduction from, you know, when I read it before, and gee, it it makes... (laughs) A teacher of God sound like, you know, a really big deal. And it's not that I don't think it's a big deal. I just think that it's like, yeah, I've been a teacher of God, or I'm going to be one, or I am one now, or whatever, or I'm not really sure. But um, it seems like everybody eventually will become a teacher of God to those who are entrusted to them. And like new people get born and... I, I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at a process in time when time is an illusion, and, you know. But so I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say. But but it's good to hear it. It's just it's just good to hear it. It's it's kind of you know I believe it was it was Jesus or Joshua, whatever you want to call him, but um, it, it's sort of a different voice than the than the one uh, in the course, which is it's a different part of the course. So that's you know totally natural, but. Um, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida.
Thanks, Ida. Hey, it's Chris. You know, I love a little historical perspective on the manual, what, how it relates to the text and the lessons, why it came about, why it's in the book, all that good stuff. Um, I guess I would be directing this to Lee and Reverend Rita. I'm complete. What? Good question. I'm asking asking for some uh, history as to why there is a manual and how it relates to the text in the workbook um, part of the book. Oh, okay. That's great. Thank you. I wish I could answer your question. Um, I better listen now. (laughs) What do you have, Rija? Are you listening? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not I, it might not be that noisy here. I'm in a cafe. Uh, can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Oh, yep. Okay. Oh, good. Um, no, I, I really, I don't know. Um, I remember uh, that Helen being a teacher, it seemed as though it was just a natural thing to do, to have a manual. It was even natural to have lessons and a text and a manual for teachers and, and even, I guess, clarifications for terms, of terms. But um, it was just a natural progression, I believe. Maybe Lee has something else, but I understood it just to be, she actually pro- thought she was done at the, at the end of the lessons. And I think a little, perhaps a little surprised that there was a manual uh, for teachers. But uh, I don't know. Do you have anything, Lee? Um, well, just as a follow-on of uh, that she thought she was done, um, uh, she did, as far as I remember, think she was done with a workbook. I, I just wanted to mention uh, kind of um, in passing that she also thought she was done when she finished the text. And it was a few months later that she said to Bill, uh, my gosh, I think there's going to be a workbook. <laughs> and, and then the workbook began to come. And um, it is uh, kind of uh, interesting to me that they were both educators and that the course would come in the form of a text, a workbook, and a manual for teachers. But it fits so perfectly with with the, the curriculum of the course, especially considering what we're introduced to here. Um, by way of the explanation for the manual. He knows that what he has taught us is an introduction to an entirely new thought system. And he knows that having learned that new thought system, we're moving about in a world that's locked into the ego thought system. So from that standpoint, the way I take this introduction, the way I relate to the manual now, is that uh, on a very practical terms, he's providing instruction for um, how to walk within a world completely encompassed by one thought system and begin to use every opportunity to reinforce what we're coming to understand and believe about a different thought system. 
and just how extensively every situation we're in can be used from the standpoint of what he introduces us to across this introduction. Um, so as an instructor, if we think of ourselves as instructors, it's good to remember we're the first student. We're instructing ourselves first. And we're using all of these various situations we come across in the day to reinforce our own instruction. And, um, and he cautions against the idea of believing that we have something that we're imparting to another, that we're a teacher and others are learners. If I remember that I'm the first student, then I can realize the learnings, the, the situation um, is first and foremost an opportunity for me to reinforce the instruction that I'm opening to. So that's my, uh, that's my take in general on this introduction and the question of how the manual fits with the uh, text and the workbook. Thanks, Lee. I think that's Thank you, Lee. really that's really a, a key idea that I'm the first student. <laughs> I uh, I think that's really valuable. I you know I want to really die in to actually read the first paragraph of uh, who are God's teachers because. Um, it it kind of uh, explains this paragraph, I think, a little bit more that says, into uh, this hopeless and closed learning situation which teaches nothing but despair and death, God sends his teachers. And then in the first section, who are God's teachers, uh, this is how the wake-up call is given to God's teachers, it says, where it says, somehow, somewhere, he has made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. I just want to mention that that's what is stirred in the form of what I would call grace, where God begins to send a vision into this separate thought system. Hey, they're, they're <laughs> I'm not alone here, and my interests are not separate. I just really want us to to begin to see that it's God who sends grace into our lives and shows that our interests are not separate from our brothers. And that's key for this understanding that God begins to teach me that I'm not separate, and that's the first seed of learning that begins and then as I want to share that with my brothers 
God teaches me more. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. That's great. Thank you. Chris, can we provide an opportunity for those that haven't announced to let us know they're with us? It's a great idea. Good morning, everyone. This is Anna. I'm listening. Hi, Anna. Morning, family. It's Wendy. I'm here. Hi, Wendy. Hey, family. Thank you for letting me join the Holy Ghost party. I'm in the background. <laughs> Bye. Woohoo! <laughs> Reverend Pam, is that you? In the background? No, it was Carla. Oh, it's Carla. Hi. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Carl. Hi, Carla. Hey. You don't, you don't really sound like a background person to me. <laughs> okay, never mind. Bless you. <laughs> Good morning, Carla. Hello, everyone. This is Orsini listening. Who is that? Orsini. Hi, Arsini. It's Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Just listening, doing a, quite a few things here, but uh, glad to be on the call. Thanks for saying good morning. Welcome, Arsini. I'd just like to introduce Arsini as um, a, a personal friend from our church and uh, Neptune, the unity in Neptune, and uh, uh a true heart, a clear, true, beaming heart. So glad you're on the call. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Um, this is Reverend Richard Joy, and I just wanted to quickly say before there's another announcement, I'm at the airport. Um, that there's, there's a, Lee said uh, spoke this morning about straddling, uh, you know, the, <clears throat> the both both visions I believe in the world. And there is a, there's a um, there's lessons from the light by Kenneth Ring, and he's speaking of that. He's speaking of it's right here and right now. Those experiences of people who had near-death experiences of the love and the light and the connection and the unity, it's right here. It's not later. And we can actually... I'm not hearing you, Reverend She's muted for the uh, airport announcements. Mm. 
while she's waiting, can I just uh, um, bring attention to for a moment to this um, sentence in the second paragraph? It's a method of conversion. Um, I was hung up on that for a while. <laughs> like, no. Um, and uh, the, the uh, breakthrough of sorts came for me in, in the sentences that in, in immediately preceded that, including the sentence that says, teaching is but a call to witnesses to attest to what you believe. So my, my teaching function is principally a call to witnesses to what I believe. Will you be witness to what I believe? Everyone I encounter is a witness to what I believe. In that sense, it's the method of my conversion. It's the method by which that conversion is quickened in me. Um, to take those encounters and see them as um, a means of finding witnesses to what I believe, but not in the sense of what we normally think of as trying to convert others. It's, there's a conversion process going on in me, and it happens in relationship. Thanks, I'm complete. Ooh, and that by we're very, very high up, kind of like Cirrus. Run that by again. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only uh, trying to convert myself. Good idea. I like that. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you, Lee. When I think Are you about back, Reverend Richa? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, this is Wendy. Uh, when I think about being uh, a teacher of God, um, I think, well, okay, what what am I teaching? I'm I'm teaching my brother that we're one, that I love him or her, and that we're all sinless. Uh, not by lecture, but by actual love. <laughs> you know, it's not the Dale Carnegie school of how to influence people and get them to like you. It's genuinely liking and caring about others. And that's, that's the teaching. I'm complete. Yeah, thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Lee and Wendy. Um, so hearing that, Wendy, um, and just what preceded it, um, makes me think that, yeah, I am a teacher of God. In the past, sometimes when, well, when people call me a teacher, it was sort of a derogative term because they were saying, Oh, you gave me a really hard time, so I, I, I got one of my life lessons from you. You're my teacher, so goodbye, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I, I'm not really laughing at that, but um, it was painful. Um, and we've all had painful experiences. But um, So I hope to heal 
that old stuff uh, about being a teacher, I'll appear in, in this course, and I'm sure that, that I will. And, uh, but that, that hasn't happened for several years, so um, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Wendy. Um, Bryce, you're not muted. Got it. A couple other sentences stand out for me. It's Lee. At the end of two, right after that um, sentence about conversion, he says, any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. With the follow-up of the next sentence, um, it becomes an, a tight little um, summary for me of this introduction. The curriculum that you set up is therefore determined exclusively by what you think you are and what you believe the relationship of others is to you. If I can remember that we were just introduced to this fundamental choice between seeing the flesh or recognizing the spirit, and that that's a, a thumbnail way of referencing the, the, um, the two different thought systems, I'm either going to be continuing to work with the ego's thought system or I continue to work with this alternative way of thinking of my identity as being free of the body and much more aligned with spirit. Um, that I can use every encounter and every situation as a means of, of reinforcing this newfound developing sense that I'm spirit, that I'm joined with others, and that I wish to join with others, and that the tendency to separate from others because of a situation, um, because of a challenge, or a perceived threat, or just the tendency to separate from others is always a temptation back into that thought system I'm trying to walk away from. The curriculum I set up is determined by what I think I am and what I believe the relationship of others is to me. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee.
Thank you, Lee. This is this is good. I, for one, think that we're doing really well for the first day. Most of us are getting into this, or maybe the first day week, and we're getting into this since a long time ago, like at least a year ago. So I'm complete. Uh, have you guys studied the uh, teacher's manual before? Yes, a long time ago. I think most of us are probably familiar with the teacher's manual. Yeah. I ran through it. I knew I wasn't a teacher. This is my first time through it, Rob. This is Wendy. Chris, I have a real um, uh, desire to hear these paragraphs again. I wonder, even if it were only reading them once, would it be possible that we go through our reading list and and um, um, read one at a time and then maybe speak about that paragraph? That's what we do on happy hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this morning That's when great. I opened it up, um, I thought, uh, you know, I read it through and I thought, we should do it the way that Reverend Pram does it. We read it through once <laughs> and then we go back paragraph by paragraph. All right, so next up uh, is Lee. Paragraph is, uh, one. Reverend, oh, hi, Reverend. Rita Joy. Hi, I'm back on. Um, uh, I thought, did I, because I've been on and off and on and off, did we read um, no, the first part after the introduction? Did we read the next part that's on the schedule? Mm, the schedule seemed to me to say one through five. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, Hang on, let me double double. Yeah, because I um, I put on, I thought it was um, also number one, and then tomorrow is two and three. Yes, it's the introduction, but it's also number one. We're supposed to read all the section number one. Oh no, Mrs. Grant. On the side, it had just the introduction, but when you went all the way down. It had that one, too, but it didn't say it on the side. Um, yeah, well, we I better had get on one it. On the side. Mm-hmm. No, I had it on the side, but it might have uh, gotten taken off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing one, because tomorrow we're doing two and three. December 1, 1 through 5. Did I misunderstand? Okay, say that again. So we are supposed to read, okay. Yeah. So you want us to do Who Are God's Teachers, these four paragraphs. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, there's only 29, so if we do one every day, we'll we'll get through most of the month doing one every day, you know. All righty. Thank you, Reverend Regia. Here we go. Lee, one and two, please. Okay. Who are God's teachers? Uh, Chris, I wonder, since we have extra people, do you want to see if there were uh, new readers? 
Okie dokie. Do we have some new readers? Ida. Okay, Ida. Anyone else? This is Wendy. I'm just going to be listening. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else would like to read? All right, Ida, one and two, please. Thank you. Um, a teacher of God, anyone who chooses to be one. His qualifications consist solely in this. Somehow, somewhere, he made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interest as apart from someone else's. Once he has done that, his road is established and his direction is sure. A light has entered the darkness. It may be a single light, but that is enough. He has entered an agreement with God, even if he does not yet believe in him. He has become a bringer of salvation. He has become a teacher of God. Two, they come from all over the world. They come from all religions and from no religion. They're the ones who have answered. The call is universal. It goes on all the time everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it and redeem the world. Many hear it, but few will answer. But it is all a matter of time. Everyone will answer in the end. But the end can be a long, long way off. It is because of this that the plan of teachers was established. Their function is to save time. Each one begins as a single light, but with the call at its center, it is a light that cannot be limited. And each one saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. To the call itself, time has no meaning. Thank you, Ida. Lee, two and three, please. They come from all over the world. They come from all religions and from no religion. They are the ones who have answered. The call is universal. It goes on all the time, everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it and redeem the world. Many hear it, but few will answer. But it is all a matter of time. Everyone will answer in the end, but the end can be a long, long way off. It is because of this that the plan of the teachers was established. Their function is to save time. Each one begins as a single light, but with the call at its center, it is a light that cannot be limited. And each one saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. To the call itself, time has no meaning. Three, there is a course for every teacher of God. The form of the course varies greatly. So do the particular teaching aids involved. But the content of the course never changes. Its central theme is always, God's Son is guiltless, and in His innocence is His salvation. It can be taught by actions or thoughts, in words or soundlessly, in any language or in no language, in any place or time or manner. It does not matter 
who the teacher was before he heard the call. He has become a savior by his answering. He has seen someone else as himself. He has therefore found his own salvation and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth is the world reborn. Thanks, Lee. Carl, uh, three and four, please. There is a course for every teacher of God. The form of the course varies greatly. So do the particular teaching aids involved. But the content of the course never changes. Its central theme is always, God's Son is guiltless, and in His innocence is His salvation. It can be taught by actions or thoughts, in words or soundlessly, in any language or in no language, in any place or time or manner. It does not matter who the teacher was before he heard the call. He has become a savior by his answering. He has, he has seen someone else as himself. He has therefore found his own salvation and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth is the world reborn for. This is a manual for a special curriculum intended for teachers of a special form of the universal course. There are many thousands of other forms, all the same outcome. They merely save time, yet it is time alone that winds on wearily, and the world is very tired now. It is old and worn and without hope. There was never a question of outcome for what can change the will of God. But time, with its illusions of change and death, wears out the world and all things in it. Yet time has an ending, and it is this that the teachers of God are appointed to bring about. For time is in their hands. Such was the choice, and it is given them. Thank you, Carl. And Fran, four, please. Four. This is a manual for a special curriculum intended for teachers of a special form of the universal course. There are many thousands of other forms, all with the same outcome. They merely save time. Yet it is time alone that winds on wearily, and the world is very tired now. It is old and worn and without hope. There was never a question of outcome, for what can change the will of God? But time, with the solutions of change and death, wears out the world and all things in it. Yet time has an ending, and it is this that the teachers of God are appointed to bring about. For time is in their hands. Such was their choice, and it is given them. Thank you, Fran. And now the floor is open. Somebody saying the floor was open? I did. It's Chris, and I'll and I'll jump at this one. Every time I read this, it just reminds me. Um, I remember as a child being raised Catholic, my 
it's like an uncle, like my dad's and uncle's best friend became a priest. We went to his, you know, I called coronation or whatever the, I forget the right (laughs) Catholic word is, forgive me. Um, And I remember everyone talking about how he had a calling. And I always remember, like, why would God only choose a male and not a female or anyone else? And I just love this paragraph. It just says that there is no, that they come from everywhere in the world and that every single one of us has a call. And I'm just so grateful that I heard it. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. I love that. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'm great. Yeah, I'm grateful that you heard it too, Chris. Bless your heart. I love you. However, I love you too. I'm no teacher of God, it feels like. And I don't know why today of all days is the day because I've had so much peace until this morning. I just, I, I tripped up over, this is going to sound so ridiculous when I say it, but full disclosure that I am so human. Um, my oldest daughter is performing in her college and she goes to school in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. So I needed to book a hotel and I feel like this part of the country, they should pay you for staying in their hotels because they're, um, well, you know, they're not the highest quality, so to sh- say. Anyway, so I tried to save some money, booked it through Hotwire, and it turns out it wasn't anything, just something, and it, it just was not worth any money. So I called them and said, look, I feel like you falsely advertised, and it's just a human being in the Philippines reading a script, not listening to my challenges, and I keep thinking, are you a teacher of God? And then it's almost, I, t- I say this all the time, like, I know I have a choice here, but I'm, I'm choosing my ego. I'm jumping all in, getting frustrated, I'm angry, I'm yelling back, and I'm like, okay, end the call. Like, get on the, you know, like, stop talking to her. And just hear, like, just let, it's like what Carl says, just step aside and just let the feeling go through you. I'm like, all right, where is it that some part of me that has to feel anything less than who I really am? But I don't understand why this is happening. And I guess that's just part of the mystery of being a human being, that I'm going to have frustrations and it's going to feel like it's not right. But the more that I accept and just in my, what is it, in my defenselessness, my safety lies, okay, do I just lay down and just accept the fact that I'm going to pay three times as much for a hotel that if I went directly to the site, I could pay one third? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm complete. (laughs) That's a tricky one. (laughs) I yes, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and you are still a teacher of God because when you're telling us about your frustration and this whole thing, you're telling us what is not a teacher, not what is not a teacher of God, but you're telling us what we're all working through uh, regardless. It says that you're, you know, somewhere that, that this stuff that I'm saying is true. That, and, and so, and you are you know, leading this call and you are being honest and loving with us and you are reading this stuff and, and being, you are, so you are a teacher of God, regardless. And, and regarding that, that's all included in being a teacher of God because we're not perfect. None of us are, whatever that means. But if we, you know, think we know what it means, we're not perfect or we wouldn't be 
in this world, we'd be doing, well, maybe we'd be doing like Jesus did in this world, something like that. But we wouldn't have a quote-unquote normal human life with all that in this world. But, but our normal quote-unquote human lives are the fodder for the teaching of God. It's just inevitable and, and you'll feel better again and with love and, and everything and you'll teach with the, with the obvious love part again and, and, and so will we all and you know, we get through our frustration and stuff like that. So you all know what I mean. So thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. That was good. Thanks, Ida. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. So, Chris, this is Fran. I know what you're talking about. And I've been in situations like that where sometimes I think that I can't say anything because I'm, of course, a miracle student. So I just have to not say anything. But now I'm starting to realize that sometimes I can say things, but I have to see the sinlessness under the actions. And uh, what is it? See the love beneath the hate. I just love that one. That one always comes to me when I'm in a situation like that. So now I'm starting to realize that I can say something about the action as long as I see it a certain way. I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Fran. This is Carl. You know, Chris, in, in the introduction, there's a sentence Actually, it's part of a sentence that uh, really caught my eye. Uh, It's in paragraph four, and it says, Everyone who follows the world's curriculum, and everyone here does follow it until he changes his mind. Know that you have changed your mind. If you haven't changed your mind, you wouldn't recognize what happened yesterday. So just rest in the fact that you are on the right path. I'm complete. Boy, that was a good one, Carl. Thank you. Great. You know, when you're in that situation, do you ever think, and this is how crazy I am, full disclosure. um, Like, I, I always say, well, how does the Christ mind work? Like, I get that I'm pissed off. And I'm aware, like you said, Carl, like, okay, kudos to me for being aware that this is not truly who I am. This is not truly who this other person is. I'm just seeing a reflection of what I really am, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, well, what did Jesus do? Did he, was he able to not be pissed? Was he able to, like, you know, get through someone completely ignoring him and not like, reacting? Like, I just, it's such a human experience, no matter what, that I just, I'm, I guess I, there's a truth, I guess I'm a little uh, doubting Thomas here. I'm a little skeptical that Jesus was able to, uh, that's not true, I guess. I don't know. I'm complete. I think you know what I'm saying without saying it. <laughs> you should listen to that resurrecting Jesus by that guy, Adeshante. Boy, that's a good one. I'm complete. Yeah, right. Like, he was beaten 40 times, whipped 40 times, and he still loved, and he was hung on the cross, and he forgave everyone. So why can't I just let go of, a, you know, an extra charge on a hotel bill? <laughs> well, no, yeah, so, you know, that's the thing about there is no order of difficulty in miracles, and so there is no order of difficulty to just on that with you guys this, this time in what happens in the world? 
So it always seemed like what Jesus went through and what God went through and what Mother Teresa was doing is so much harder. And so I, 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 read, I can beat myself up more by saying, oh, wow, you know, my neighbor didn't talk to me, so I got so mad at him, I wanted to curse him out and all this stuff. It's so much pettier. It so, should be so much easier. So why can't I just fucking get it? You know what I mean? But, but the thing is, it's not harder. It's not easier. It's, it's, it's all the same. That's an illusion. And so, you know, I've even said to other people as myself, well, you know, I could be a monk and I could do this and I could do what Mother Teresa's doing. That'd be easier for me. Well, maybe it would be, or maybe it wouldn't. But even if it would, that's, then if it would be easier for me, then that's not my curriculum this time. My curriculum is the, the quote-unquote little things with the people that seem like, oh, they don't really care, or they're just thinking about themselves, or my neighbors or my friends, and they're supposed to be this, and my family is supposed to be that, and all that crap. So, um, <laughs> thanks. I have a complete. Thanks. That thanks, was good. Ida. You know, this is Carl again, Chris. Um, if and I can't well I didn't know this until a few months ago because I'd never really read the Bible until I I took a class on how to read it and uh, uh, I think it's in the story of the Garden of Gethsemane is in uh, John and uh, in John Jesus three in, in in the Garden of Gethsemane three times Three times he goes to his father. He goes to the father and, and because he's unsure. He's not sure that he wants to go forward with what is, is going on. So it's really he, he was being tempted by the ego. And the third time is when the ego was released. His, he released the ego. So, so even he was, was tempted with the ego. And, and for me, here's, here's the key. It's what he did. He went to the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't know what he said. I don't know what the Holy Spirit said to him. But that's when we're upset when, in any way. And it, and it doesn't have to be at the time. Because that's probably not the time to do it. It's probably impossible to do at that time. But when we're at peace and we're resting, is to go to the Holy Spirit and ask, and ask, what is it that you would have me understand about, about what caused me to do this? What is it in my belief system that, and this is the way I ask it, because I, I just simply think it's all, it's all false beliefs. Please show me what it is that I need to do, or you, you can teach me or tell me. To, to relieve me of this false belief that causes me to do this. And, and just be quiet. It doesn't mean it's going to happen right at that second. But eventually it will, if you just keep going to the Holy Spirit and turning it over. And that's what he did. That's what I see he did in that story. And it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that he transcended the ego. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Carl. I know that story very well. Take this cup from me, Father. Uh, what does he say? Unless I drink it, may your will be done. Right, three times. And then the crow three times. It's like a whole three thing. So I'm going to keep getting this lesson over and over and over until I let it go. Wow, I'm grateful for you all. Thank you. Um, 
Thank you. I want to bring up a question here. Why did Jesus walk off with two Judases to go back to India after 37 years? Because one of those Judases is supposed to have um, turned state's evidence. and killed himself. That's what fascinates me. You got some guy that can teach semi-chaos. Wow, he must be something. <laughs> Hell, I can't even teach what I think is straight. And some guy can teach semi-chaos called Christianity? Woo! What a fellow! I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. This is Leah. I don't think uh, I don't think it really goes to your question, Rob, at all. But um, I just didn't want to leave this section without highlighting the um, the two sentences that stand out for me. And the first one um, is in reference to uh, any discomfort we might feel with the title of Teacher of God. I think course students um, typically go through a little resistance when they come across the idea of holiness applied to themselves and become, you know, a little uncomfortable and have to kind of circle that idea before it becomes um, something that we're able to make our peace with and get comfortable with the idea of of, um, accepting about ourselves. And teacher of God is another of those that I think we all have to develop some kind of relationship with the concept itself. Um, but in that first sentence, a teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. Um, that kind of resolves the question of who is the teacher of God. And he follows up with that one condition. His qualifications consist solely in having made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. That would almost be like one single instance. The most famous in the history of the Course, of course, is where Bill and Helen, in that contentious experience after um, many years of working together in a very contentious uh, academic environment on a particular day made an agreement to try to find another way and uh, and reach past their own contentiousness and made that choice together. Um, so that's significant to me. But the other thing that really stands out is the end of three where he says, uh, he has therefore found his own salvation, and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth is the world reborn. If I can remember, in my rebirth is the world reborn. That's really hugely significant to me. 
it doesn't mean unless I'm reborn, the world's not reborn, but it means every step I'm taking in the direction of recognizing spirit and walking away from the ego's thought system brings the world with me in a really significant way. My development and my salvation, my freedom from the thought system is my part of a curriculum where the world become released from the grips of the ego's thought system. In my rebirth is the world reborn. And that's so huge for me. Chris, to your question about temptation and wrestling with the ego, um, I'm so with Carl on that one. Um, if I am, while I'm wrestling, if I have a voice suddenly break free of being completely identified with that wrestling and begins watching me wrestle and um, nag me about whether is this what I want to do, eventually what I'm taught is how to assert what it is I'm trying to assert, but do so without that quality in the um, confrontation that um, challenges this choice for spirit. In other words, I can choose for spirit and still speak my peace, but I can do so peacefully. And that's a, that's a skill that we're all being taught. Um, that, for me, is how I walk through those situations. And uh, it's helpful in the middle of those situations where I can take a breath to just invoke the idea that everything goes smoother for me if I call upon my higher self to work with the higher self of the other party. Then there's a different quality. Um, that settles on that scene and I'm able to still insist on what I'm trying to insist on and I'm able to, in the end, release my attachment to outcome and just know that I was able to speak my piece. It's never helpful if I don't speak my piece, but boy, is it helpful to learn how to do so with my heart in the right place. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, Lee, I love it. Thank you. That yeah, was great. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe that I forgot that. I had a friend who taught me that once that I was really struggling with my business partner at the time. And she said to me, you need to speak to her soul to soul. And what she was really saying, it's your higher self. And because when, when you, when you speak with someone in human form, that's when <laughs> all bets are off, Right. But in that quiet space, just like you said, oh, I hope I can remember that throughout the day. That's my prayer. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm complete. You can remember it. I know you can. <laughs> this is so funny. I have to tell this little, short little story. I had this horrible fight with my husband last night. Oh, just terrible. We were both so mad at each other. We were going through a hard time. And um, all night long, I kept thinking, how can, help me, help me, help me, Holy Spirit, help me. And this morning, I, I kept saying, how can I fix this? So I finally called him, and the words just came out of my mouth, you want to forget about this? And he chuckled and said, yeah, okay. 
And then I explained to him what I thought happened between us. And it was just like this. I could start to the point that I saw us both sinless, but I could still say, hey, this is what happened. And we both laughed and hung up, and it was over. It never would have happened if it hadn't been for the court. <laughs> Thanks. I'm complete. That was great, Fran. Thank Thanks, you. Fran. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I love your stories, Fran. They so helped me. So Thank so you. They helped me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fran. Thanks, oh, Fran. This has been the Chris Therapy Hour. So um, if anyone would like to share, let's turn <laughs> this over a little bit. <laughs> Is that kind of like Ted Mash Amateur Hour? I'm an amateur. <laughs> I'm showing my age here. No, I agree with you. I'm an amateur. We all do go through stuff like that, always, you know. I mean, I'll speak for me. I mean, every day, every, very often. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's not just for you, of course. It's for all of us. It's for all of us, whatever we go through, whatever we, whatever answers we find. Right? I'm complete. Chris, this is Wendy. I've, I've shocked my friends many times by being the person that they think of as all peace and light and course and miracles. And then I get on the phone with an airline or a bank and I turn into a shrew. And uh, I've had to really look at that behavior because it was habitual. And for me, I realized it's partially because I value money, maybe over God sometimes, or think God isn't part of my money situation and also because I have a belief that organizations are big and uncaring, that, they, that there's no heart in them. Uh, but that's, of course, more of the illusion of, you know, God isn't present everywhere all the time. So you are not alone in this uh, challenge, and I really appreciate your honesty. You're always so uh, open about your, the vulnerable part of yourself and, it uh, gives us all permission to be vulnerable with one another. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's that I value money over, over anything, and I'm just not willing to look at that. Because the reality is I know how to, to, to speak to someone with my higher self. I do it all day long, right? Just like you said, Wendy, your friends. <laughs> You guys would be, you would fire me from the calls if you saw how bad I'm sorry I'm laughing because it's just insane. And the truth is I value money more than I do anything else, and that's why I was pissed. So I get to look at that today. My brothers, thank you for pointing out uh, the truth about something that I want to hang on to. Boy, that's a big one, huh? I'm complete. I think Wendy hit the nail on the head when she said that she oftentimes believes that God is not everywhere. And God is everywhere, but God doesn't speak first. I'm complete. That's right. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks for that, Rob. Your ego first, right? And then, then it's my responsibility to, hello, Choose again. 
Those RFDs, right? Hmm. What, what's that one? I call rules for decision RFD. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it, it all comes down to it every day. Choose again, choose again, choose again, choose again. Yeah. I always okay. think he's speaking all the time, but we just don't pay attention. I'm so busy listening to the ego that I'm not listening. I haven't tuned in yet. Having having Mm. been around circling and swimming through as much of what is said that Jesus actually said, I I remember that um, his statement um, from the Gnostic Gospels is, I shall choose you, one from a thousand, and two from ten thousand, and these shall stand as a single one. And, and when, when he says that to me, first I believe he said it, it's totally unusual. And just like he said, no one cometh to the Father but by me, that's either a statement of utter ridiculousness or massive arrogance, or it's the truth. And um, so whenever I, whenever I think I might know something, I, I wait to see if somebody has told me in a situation to come forth with it. Because um, oftentimes I'm asking and I get an answer. You always will get an answer whether you hear it or not. But when something in a situation that you're entering says, hey, Rob, this is the way it is, and you didn't ask for it, then you know you're not the instructor there. You know you're the follower. And most of the time, I'm just trying to figure out whether I'm uh, just getting started or I'm managing to stay on the path and not fall off. And I know I'll be told when I'm an instructor. I'm sure of it. But uh, I just don't, I don't think I am yet. That's that's it for me. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. You, you sound like an instructor to me. I think you are. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Me too, Rob. I see you as a teacher most definitely. It's the first time you came on and said something. But but when you hear that voice in your head, it sounds as loud as your mother telling you not to do something from the other room. <laughs> you know, it's really different. You know, whoa. And then I still didn't pay attention to it. 
I, I, I thought of the next thing to do, be very careful. And then I dealt with the shambles that I produced by not sitting on my posterior and listening. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. This is Bryce. I had a little problem with my headset earlier. Thanks for muting my line. Um, I don't know if there's time to share uh, one thing, but I would turn to what we read yesterday and remind us of the grace of every situation given to us as part of our uh, part of our perfect curriculum given to us by God that says, trials are but lessons which you failed to learn, presented once again, but where you made a faulty choice before, you can now make a better one and thus escape all pain which you chose before has brought to you. In every difficulty, all distress, and each perplexity, Christ calls to you gently and says, my brother, choose again. So, this is what I want to say. The Bible says that I do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal among you. You know, I've got to understand that God is at work in me. God is at work in the world. Everything that happens is perfectly orchestrated to teach me what this curriculum says is true, that I am innocent, and so is my brother. And thank God that he knows specifically for me what I'm ready to see. And he's lovingly creating situations specifically for me, and we're going to find out, tomorrow for pupils specifically assigned as a, uh, a holy encounter that we might both encounter the truth of who we are. Uh, I am not going to get this, but God through his grace is going to very nimbly, specifically and with great care, provide a perfect curriculum for me and for my brother, and time will end when we are all brought into the perfect unity of the innocence of the whole sonship. I'm complete. Thank you, Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bryce. I am innocent, and so is my brother. Hmm. Love that. Love the way you say, hmm. <laughs> I want to say, when anyone who's okay. reading off a script is excluded. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, does anyone have a closing prayer or another share? Or both? Oh, this is Mary. Um I would just, as I'm listening to everybody and their beautiful shares, I'm, I'm thinking how grateful I am that I can choose again. That uh, that I have, that we are part of the course, 
and we've given another way because I can remember years back where I didn't think I had another choice. So no matter what's happening in any moment, I can stop and say, choose again. And remember that this is dreams and that I'm here specifically. My function is to forgive myself and what I project. That's why I, I volunteered to come, I think. <laughs> and to remember to laugh. And if you want, I have a prayer from Lesson 163, but if someone else has something, uh, that'd be fine. I'm complete. Uh, before I thank you for the gift of that chair, Mary, that was lovely. Oh, my gosh, that thank chair you. was perfect. That was perfect. That oh, was my just, goodness. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Do the prayer, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Our Father, bless our eyes today. This is from Lesson 163, I'm sorry. Our Father, bless our eyes today. We are your messengers and we would look upon the glorious reflection of your love, which shines in everything. We live and move in you alone. We are not separate from your eternal life. There is no death, for death is not you, it's not your will. And we abide where you have placed us, in the life we share with you and with all living things, to be like you and part of you forever. We accept your thought. Welcome as to Verizon power. Wireless, the wireless customer. We accept your thoughts as ours, and our will is one with yours eternally. Amen. 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 Amen, Mary. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. Thank you, you beautiful. Thank you, Mary. God. Yes. Thank you, this Mary. Sh- beautiful. Thank this you. Is Sharon. I, this is Sharon. I was just um, talking to Lucky about this question that was brought up, Chris, that you brought up, and I have something to say. We had a really good discussion about it, so I have something to say on the after call if anybody wants to come back in mm. and um, hear this, this little um, ending of this. Me. Oh, I want to hear. You. I'm going to call right yeah, in. Yeah, great. Oh. Okay, Thank great. You. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, everyone.